At Ascendimo, we guide you to take control of your career future so you can achieve greater career freedom, recognition, and increase your income. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, welcome again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, today we're going to focus on higher education, talking about the systems, the credit point systems that work across higher education in Australia. Just to provide some information on how bonus points and credit points work, and also in relation to higher education and the vet sector. So across tertiary and how those two systems relate to each other. So to get started, did you want to talk to us about bonus points to and, and just a bit of an overview of higher education and what that looks like? Yes. So, so higher education as, as part of that whole tertiary education, higher education is very much the university sector. So, and, and bonus points are really important for people uh, leaving school, particularly, is where it comes into play. It works for others as well, but certainly for those leaving school and they've got their tertiary administration rank, the bonus points can really help along the way. All sorts of bonus points. You've, you've got uh, things from being in a rural area, living in a rural area, living in a, um, an area that's recognised as being a disadvantaged area, got uh, Indigenous, disability, um, performing at a high level in sporting or music or non-formal education can all add to the bonus points. So a whole range of bonus points, but they do vary. There is variation out there. So how do you know if you're in year 12 and you've identified what course you want to do and you're working towards achieving that ATAR, what, how do you gauge what bonus points you're entitled to? Really good question. Now, you said something key there, and that is you know what course you want to do. So you already got an idea of where you're heading. Now, if you know where you're heading with a course, then you've got an idea of what universities offer those courses. And that helps it narrow it down for you because you can look at those universities. Uh, now, if there's only one university offering it, you look at the bonus points from that university. But the bonus points are not consistent across universities. So if you know the type of courses you're wanting to do, but you haven't decided on a university, you need to look at the bonus points available from each and every one of the universities you're looking at. And they're going to differ, and they're not always easy to work out what and how they work. So. I would certainly say that from a perspective of someone in secondary school looking towards a university, utilise the career advisors at both the universities and the schools to find the information because it's not always a click of a button easy to find via Google. So it uh, requires... So are you saying that if 
Okay, so if 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 you're looking to understand what bonus points are available to you from a different from the different universities, it's not as simple as just getting onto the university website and putting. There's not a calculator for bonus points for all universities. It's so it's really you're saying it's discretionary based on the university, so it's not clearly communicated via some sort of central tool. That's correct. That is very correct. So yes, there's no central tool. It is discretionary to each university. They've got their own guidelines. There's no calculator that you can say, well, I come from this suburb, I've got this situation, this is who I am, this is what I've done, and it will tell you. There's, there's nothing out there that will do any of that. And wow. you have to go to each university and work it out. Oh, just I find it extraordinary that we're in 2020 and something that you would imagine would be like a calculation. It, you can't just, there's not a tool that makes it easy for students. I think students have an incredibly difficult time as it is. And that just seems to make it even more difficult from, you know, not being able to just calculate it for yourself. So you're required to then get in contact directly with the university or through, a, so it's, it involves another party just to find out something that really is, should be quite straightforward, I would have thought. Yes, yes, definitely. Very, very much so. Okay. so yeah. Can I ask you a question? What I'm interested in learning more about the non-formal bonus points because that's obviously a pretty broad term. And so in terms of what does that apply to, from our previous conversations, we have identified that there are different groups. So say for instance, scouts, girl guides, Duke of Ed, Surf Life Saving, that have different programs and awards that, so there are, they're, they're a structured course, but they're not a, they're not a formalised education qualification, like as identified, but they align to formal qualifications. So if, because then that's another layer again, isn't it, to understand whether if whatever course that you're doing through non-formal actually is equivalent to bonus points through a university, there's some mystery surrounding that as well, isn't there? So... If, there is. There yeah. Is. This is where it gets really, really interesting. And uh, <laughs> there's, there's a whole challenge around this. And as, as we're prone to do here, we've always got some images to share. So there we is. Do. Uh, yes. Here's something we prepared earlier. Here's something <laughs> we prepared earlier. I will come back to in a second. Uh, but the, certainly the, all the, there we are. Can I ask you a question on, just in relation to non-formal? So yes. if we have a, so if I, I know a girl called Emma and she yes. has done a Queen Scout Award. So she's, what, in terms of having that assessed, because I understand that that's a structured training, but it's still a non, it's non-formal. 
how would she go about working out what bonus points would be applied for her? So she, she's in New South Wales and she's, she's done this process and she's gotten the Queen Scout Award. So what, what would she do in terms of determining what that value is across the different universities that she's looking at? That, that works well because it, is, it relates to what we just said, that it's different all over the place. As you can mm -hmm. see here on this image, there's a whole range of universities, which is great. There's all these different options they've got. But that example, all right, she's finished a Queenscale Award. That's, that's great because some universities recognise the Queenscale Award and they say, all right, you've got Queenscale Award, that's going to be extra uh, entrance points, bonus points to um, your entrance into the university. But that's only some universities that recognise that, not all do. And then we had a, a student who'd finished their Queen's Scout, a, a real live example of a student finished their, their Queen's Scout and was looking to use it to go into universities. And they were looking at two different universities who recognised the Queen's Scout Award as a, as a non-formal outcome that they thought was of value. One university offered it as one bonus point into entrance and a neighbouring university offered it as three bonus points into entrance. So, wow. Yeah. So, so. Could I ask you a question? Do they just, does there need to be a, um, does there need to be a process of, does that student have to have had the non-formal recognised through the vet sector before the university looks at it or is it, how does that work? So that's, that's where, when they're recognising just that non-formal outcome, so the two examples I gave actually just recognise the Queen's Scout Award as a non-formal education outcome that they recognise and see the value in. Obviously different mm -hmm. values for those two universities and other universities don't even recognise it at all. So there's three different outcomes there straight away. But there are other universities that don't recognise the Queen's Scout Award, but they will recognise a Certificate three qualification. Now, from previous mm -hmm. discussions, you remember that the Queen's Scout Award actually aligns to a Certificate three in business. So it's very easy for someone who's completed a Queen's Scout Award to use that as recognition of prior learning evidence and get a Certificate three in business. So that example of that university <laughs> that doesn't recognise a Queen's Scout Award but recognises the certificate through in business, that that student, so can, that student can finish their Queen's Scout Award, convert it into a certificate through in business, and get recognition at that uh, other university that won't recognise the Queen's Scout Award, but will recognise the certificate through in business. So you've got that... a variety of examples there of how the that particular non-formal outcome can be recognised or not recognised by universities and each of them is different. How, how would a student know, like, so that, that makes it very, very difficult for the student to be aware of what needs to be done to get 
recognition for bonus points. There's sort of multiple pathways depending on whatever the university is as to what they will and won't recognise. And that then is back on the student to understand how all of the system works and how to get a non-formal qualification or non-formal qualification assessed through the VET sector and to even know how or where to start with that. It's very confusing. It really is. So the, it really is. <laughs> which is where we, we're trying to work towards getting some consistency around that and improving that for students. But as it stands today, as you've just uncovered, it is very confusing and it's not easy for the students. So with that in mind, yeah, we need to do better. Right, we really do. I think I think that there's a huge room for improvement and I think that it sounds like the systems need to be integrated because they don't actually work to support the individual or the student. It's very much that what there could be a far easier process for somebody to engage with if the systems were cohesive, but the systems aren't cohesive. And so then you are at a point where you've got a, the VET sector has got the unique student identifier. So you've got, if, if you have done your Queen Scout Award and it aligns with a Cert 3, is it a Cert 3 in business? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so under the VET sector, you've, you've banked some credits and you've got yourself a Cert 3 in business over here. Then, then when you go to university, that they decide whether if, if you haven't banked that and you've, just, you've got your award that is a non-formal qualification, they look at those two things very differently. And then you have to, so you've, you've, you've banked some credits in the VET sector. Then let's say, for instance, you've done the bonus, you've got your bonus points or you haven't got your bonus points depending on whichever university it is. Then you go through and you do your, let's say, for instance, they're doing a three-year degree. They do their degree course. And then under the Australian Qualifications Framework, they've banked credits with that particular university for that particular course. Now, that those credits, where do they sit? They just sit with each university then, don't they? They don't go into a central higher education system credit bank, do they? They, they certainly don't yet. And, and there have been mutterings for many years that maybe the unique student identifier, which is used in the VET sector, would also apply to uh, the university sector. But the, it has, has not occurred to date. Uh, and I would not hit, not even dare make a guess as to how long it's going to be before we have that consistency. At the moment, mm -hmm. as you can see here, each university has their own little playground that they play within. Uh, so it might all be higher education, but they all do it in their own unique way. And that does make it a little confusing for students and a little difficult to as we just said, with the bonus points, it's even difficult to work that out, let alone once I get into and finish my degree, or even as is the case for a lot of people, they might do some, some units out of their degree and then decide it's not for them, leave that degree, come back a year or three later, or go to a different university, or go to a TAFE, or 
other RTO cores, they, um, they're reliant on that transcript from that university, not a central right. location. So it, it's essentially like having 42 separate institutions all with their own currency. They all have their own different credit system. So they don't, they're not consistent from one to the other. They all recognise different qualifications and units very differently from one institution to the other. So, and then all of the, the credits are held only with that particular institution. Yes, that's correct. And so they're not directly transferable. No, no, not, not, like, wow. not <laughs> like in the vet sector, which as we've discussed previously, you've got the unique student identifier, you've got over 4,000 RTOs, all putting the information into the one central location. It doesn't matter where you go next, you can draw that information out against your personal record and it's accessible, it's easy, you can build on it, you can bank on that and, and really mm. build the interest on your learning. Uh, but the, it is very different across the universities. So, does come into, as you said, their own unique currencies that don't have a clear, uh, consistent exchange rate. Right. So if that's quite mind blowing, really, because it certainly doesn't focus on supporting an individual in their education and training throughout their lifetime, it actually makes it more difficult for a person to build on that educational profile over time because the systems are so individualised, like through the universities. So it, it certainly doesn't support an individual. It, it, it's, not, it's, not focus, it's not student focused, is it at all? No, it's not student focused. It's focused on the institutions as, as in the most cases, it is, seems to be more about we're the ones with the point of knowledge here, so therefore we do it best and our way is the, the best and only way. Now that's not necessarily the attitude of everyone, but that's the way it comes across in the fact that those banking uh, systems are discrete to each organisation. So, so on that, a, if I had, I'm sorry, I was just going to use an example. You, you have uh, business and management qualifications at almost every university, but that doesn't mean there's a consistency in how they're looked at across universities. Funny you should say that because that was based, the basis of my question, which was if I have done, if, if there is the same degree by title at different universities, they're not acknowledged between universities as being equal. Is that what you're saying? That depends on the university. So it, right. uh, it, it can be acknowledged as being equal. So a university can look at another university's um, outcomes and give credit to the student based on it is equal. You did a first year subject in business. You will give you credit for our first year subject in business. Or they might say, we're not interested in giving you any credit at all. Or they might give you a partial credit. It comes down to each institution. 
Right. So if for some reason you had started your degree in, let's say, a different state in Australia, and then for whatever reason, after 12 months, circumstances dictated that you had to then transfer to a different state. So let's say, for instance, you've been in South Australia and now you've got to go to Queensland and you wanted to transfer. You're enjoying your course, but your circumstances have changed. If you looked at the universities in the area that you're moving towards to, to in Queensland, they're going to look at what you've done differently and not necessarily acknowledge the 12 months of work that you've put in. Some will and some won't. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's correct. So you really then need to speak to each one that's offering a degree that's relevant to you and see who will recognise it and who won't. And obviously, if it was me, I would be going with the one that would give you recognition um, rather mm. than the one that doesn't. And so the process to do that is you actually have to get in contact with each individual university and then it's discretionary based on whoever you're speaking to at the time. Yes. Right. Like whoever you speak to at the time or the policies of that university. But either way, right. it comes down to it is discretionary. Yes. Okay. Well, it's certainly it's it's an interesting it's an interesting situation, Jeffrey, isn't it? It is. <laughs> unlike the unlike the vet sector, which mm. has that consistency and the new unique student identifier where if you have done that unit of competency before in another qualification with another registered training organisation at another point in time, there is immediate recognition that you have done that unit. It and seems it much more, more, the system is much more student focused with the vet sector about identifying nationally what those, what the value is and then centralising that information in, in a portal or, or, or through the unique student, student identifier where whatever you have done is acknowledged somewhere else, like anywhere within Australia that falls under the vet sector. Yes, yes. Certainly a lot more student focused, a lot more centralised. In some ways it probably mm. needed to be done first because of the number of registered training organisations mm. in comparison to the number of universities. But the from a personal perspective, the quicker we can get the universities engaged in that centralised system as well, then we've got a student-focused education, tertiary education system in Australia that promotes lifelong learning. Mm. Yes, and that's what we stand for at Career Futures Australia, isn't it? It's a, it is lifetime education. That's that that is definitely the focus, and I, I'm optimistic that if 4,000 registered in excess of 4,000 registered training officers can work together to provide to to work to one system. There is hope that the 42 universities can also amalgamate into a system into a credit banking system that is cohesive. Because I think it is much more about being student focused. That's that's what we need to shift the focus away from being centralised and like being, you know, by institution and we need to centralise it for the, for the student because that's way more supportive and then we end up with a society of individuals that have 
continued their education and being acknowledged and supported all the way through. I think that's fundamental. And, and not only would that help from a just general education perspective, but economically, if it is mm. easier to get my recognition, if it is easier to move from one institution to another, from one degree to another, then we'll actually have people in workplaces uh, finding it easier to get the relevant qualifications that they need or desire. And as a result, you should see an improvement in the overall Australian economy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, with how things are, how quickly things are changing and in terms of the digital landscape and, and technology, there is a huge requirement for people to embrace ongoing education because they're to, fu to function in society as it moves very rapidly forward. It, it requires people to be as educated as possible and have a willingness to be flexible and to continue, continue to learn. And I think that makes it very difficult if the system is, compl is compl unnecessarily complicated and, and disjointed. Yes, definitely, definitely. And look, to go with that, what do we need to do differently? Well, really, that's, I guess that's the point that we need to be looking at is it would be great if the universities were also on, engaged with the unique student identifier. As we've identified, there is difference. Each institution does have their own thing. But it would be nice if... Yes, time for they, a diagram. Time for a diagram where they get to maintain their individual identities, but they fit within a framework working together that actually, not only does they fit within a framework, mm. but it works for the students. Um, Correct, that's, yeah. I guess, the key difference that uh, a change where they're engaged with the unique student identifier would be, be highly relevant. It would help with the um, movement across qualifications, across institutions, mm. across organisations. But something that's been identified in this diagram that we didn't touch on to a, a greater extent earlier is certainly our, our older students, our probably more mature students who've done other studies and they've maybe got a degree, maybe got a, a course out of the vet sector or multiple courses along the way. There are, your bonus entry points for year 12 students are very much based around some very key things, but we can start to include more of those previous studies in your bonus points and your entry points. Uh, so if we've got a credit exchange system that everyone's participating in, so at the moment, unique student identifier for the vet sector, but if higher ed have their own or, or participate in exactly the same one, which would be ideal, then we can utilize that information that helps with those bonus points. Again, at the moment, some universities will say, all right, if you've got a certificate three, we'll give you this level of entrance. If you've got a certificate four, we'll give you this level of entrance into a degree. 
or if you've got a diploma, mm. we'll give you a different level of entrance in. That varies across universities, of course. Um, so, but again, it would be easier, dependent on what your subjects are, if it was all captured, whether it was vet sector or higher ed, all captured in the one system, all accessible, all feeds into your bonus points and your entry points, then it's going to be easier for students. So I've got a question with, so if we have a look at an example of, let, let's say for instance, there's a chap called Michael and he has a degree from a, a university and he also has a graduate diploma that he's obtained through the vet sector. So his degree qualification transcript is held at the particular university that he went to and his results from his graduate diploma is held in his unique student identifier profile through the vet sector. Then he wants to do a master's. He is in a position where he has to approach different universities to see what they acknowledge in both the degree from dif a different university plus the qualification of the graduate diploma through the vet sector. So if he approached two or three universities, he's going to be, that those, those credits will be dealt very differently from institution to institution. And what that looks like is the amount of time then he has to take to complete his master's will be different from which from each of those universities but also the cost associated with that will vary so it's in his interests to hunt around and see what is being offered so even from if we flip that and we have a look back at the universities it, there's there will continue to be this market of adult students that are going to progress their education over time, that they're, the clearer they make it, the, the better it is for the university, isn't it? Because then aren't they going to, won't they engage in getting more adult, like in terms of that adult market of students, they, they've got a broader appeal. Wouldn't it be in their interest to make it as simple as possible? Because particularly with the shifts that we've had following the pandemic and obviously the reduction in international students, I would have thought that it would be prudent for universities to be making things as easy as possible to be tapping into the local market the, of, of adult students. So I'll, I'll respond to that in two ways, but I'll, I'll start with an example. And, and then give my my thoughts. So a recent example I heard of of a student who had done a lot of a degree, and they were looking to finish their degree at uh, at different universities uh, because the situations changed. They'd moved. One university that they went to said, "No, we're not recognising anything now." from your previous studies. So what that meant was they were going to have to do start from scratch, which includes their cost of each unit that they have to do as well. So it's not just the time, but it's also that cost that you're applying against your education. At the, and they saw a few different universities and there were some in between, but at the other end of the scale, there was a university that said, yes, 
we can see on your transcript, you've done this many subjects, they were at this credit, this level, and we'll give you credit for all of those. And therefore, wow. you only need to do the last year of your degree. Two very different situations, same person, same degree, same information. So what does that lead us to? Well, as the student, you can imagine where they went. Uh, mm. But it, what it also leads to is that if we have a level of consistency and we know what we're able to get and we don't need to hunt around like that student did, then mm we're more inclined to actually take our previous learning and apply it to finish off studies we may not have finished, to build on the studies that we did finish and take them further. Uh, now, if we're doing that and we, we know we can do that and there's a level of consistency, then we're going to utilise the higher ed system more and engage with the universities more in that sense as, a, as an overall population. And as you alluded to, we've had a change in the clientele that the universities can currently access. So mm. to my way of thinking, it is in the best interest of the universities to have a level of consistency uh, that is, as, as they can still keep their individuality, but get more consistent for the students. So mm. that the students have some idea as to what they're up against and can have that, um, that engagement of, I will take my existing learning and build on it, get the interest and have it, um, have it work for them mm. at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that, I, and that's the thing, I think it's recognising that universities are different and and that doesn't need to change in terms of how they, the unique way in which they approach the, their offering. It's about the student. It's about being student-focused because at the core of education, education doesn't these institutions don't exist without the student so how can we best serve the individual in the process you know it's just they're definitely I, I think this diagram sums it up really well in having each of those sort of 42 in universities represented by being a different color and being unique but at the the, the background framework in terms of the credit, the educational credits that are available are consistent for the student, which is really the focus of education, is to is to take somebody from not and and expand their skill set and their knowledge through providing them with the education. And I think there are so many things that could be done to make that process more more efficient and more supportive of the student most definitely yes so I, and look i agree with you and and to sum it up from where we've started at the beginning yes it is difficult for a student to know what we're how so mm. reach out and get as much help as possible uh, and 
the the ideal situation is that the conversations that have been going on for many years about the higher education, the universities engaging in the university and identifier needs to occur. The sooner the better for the sake of students. Uh, and the more consistency that is in that from the universities, the easier it will be for students and therefore career advisors being able to advise the students will be a lot easier as well. And for the mature age students, the universities should be able to tap into that a lot more uh, because of that level of consistency and the trust that people will have in the Australian education system. Mm. I think it's definitely like, as you say, I, you know, having identified the current lay of the land for tertiary education and, and how the, the credit system is structured at the moment, obviously for high school students, they can go to their careers advisor. That's what they're there for, to help them understand the process of, of going, of having bonus points assessed, but also being able to turn to their universities. And I think the message is very much about do your homework, make sure that, you know, you, you actively contact the different universities to find out what your entitlements are. And in the instance of an adult or a, you know, an adult student looking at their options, essentially their port, the, the first protocol for them is just the individual unis, isn't it? Is there any other resource or location that can provide them with support or information in relation to that or just on them to do their homework and approach different unis? At this point in time, it is all do their homework. But that's where some of what we're working towards and trying to work with others in the, the sector with Career Futures Australia is to try and get a level of consistency. And it's not going to be an overnight thing, but we're working towards it. And hopefully we can mm. get that centralised information for students in, the, um, in future years. Yeah. Yeah, but for the moment, it's just do make sure make sure you do your own indications because of the inconsistency to to get the best outcome that you can for your time and your investment in your own education. Yes. That's it. So until next time, that another was a great conversation and uh, yeah, another exciting conversation. <laughs> And I hope everyone gets something from it. So that um, and we'll be back with more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you liked the information shared, please subscribe and share this episode with others who also want greater career freedom.